drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, what's going on everybody? It is Wednesday here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, I'm your host Derek O'Cree. Now, before we get rolling, I know I skipped last Friday's show, <laughs> but I got some reasons why. I mean, it's the greatest holiday of all time, that's Thanksgiving. I mean, you get you get food, which is great, you get football, which is incredible, you get your family, which Everyone says it's great, but at times isn't really that great, but sometimes it's really great. So you, you get time with them as well and get time to relax. It's like the holiday where you get, usually it's like middle of the week, so you get Thursday, Friday off work, the long weekend, there's lots of great college pro football going on. Like I say, food aplenty, and oh yeah, your family's around too. So we'll get into all that today here on the show, but I mean, the reason I skipped the show is because the Detroit Lions. <laughs> I mean, again, I'm going to do my best today. I've been I've been actually failing at this. I've been letting the people down, letting the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers down out there. Where I haven't been serving up that delicious, amazing, wonderful Detroit Kool-Aid as much as I need to. Drink it in. Uh... And the reason why is cuz they haven't won a football game. <laughs> The reason why is because every week they seem to find another way to lose. And this is seasons and seasons. I've been doing this show for about three seasons now. And they're three of the worst seasons basically in Lions history. I mean, it's it's craziness. So I I got to a point like after the amazing food and, and watching this game where I was just like, I, I, I can't just jump on the mic right now. I'm embarrassed. I'm frustrated. I, I don't even know what I want to say. So let, let me just chill out. Let me enjoy the rest of this holiday. We've got a big football game going down on Saturday between Michigan and that state we shall not speak of. Let me get let me get hype about that. Let me get that W, and I'll come back next week and talk about this Bears game, rant and rave, have some fun, and get into it. So that's what we're going to do today. But like I said, in the beginning part of this show, I'm going to talk very calmly talk about some news and notes, some things going on with the Detroit Lions. I'm going to try to be positive, serve up some Kool-Aid, get you guys excited. And then I will recap this Bears game, what happened, what I saw, what I what I liked, what I absolutely didn't like. My voice may raise at that point. And then we'll end the show with what you guys know and love, which is some NFL draft talk here on the show. I mean, it's about that time of year. The Detroit Lions are set up right now to have the number one overall selection in the NFL draft. 
So we'll talk about kind of where that's at, who I'm looking at, some rumor innuendo that's going on, some hype, some some guys that might be sleeping, some positions of, of need, things like that. We'll get into that at the end of the show. So thank you guys again for listening. Please hit me up on Twitter at Derek Okri. That's spelled D-E-R-E-K-O-K-R-I-E. Again, always talking lines, different things like, you know, to be honest, recently I'm kind of laying low on the whole Twitter machine, different things, like just trying to focus on some other things I got going on right now in life and um, across the board, but always throwing out a little thing I just threw out that I won my college fantasy football league, which was a ton of fun this year. That really made Saturdays and Fridays and even Thursdays, whenever they're playing college football now, a lot more fun. So you guys can find that at Fantrax, T-R-A-X, um, if you want to do your own college fantasy league next year. I really encourage it, as well as uh, go to our sponsors, realitysportsonline.com, and, and check them out and definitely get a league going um, next year if you haven't already on that great platform. So lots of fun fantasy talk lions different sports detroit sports going on on my twitter feed but let's get into it right now let's get into the news and notes see what's going on with the detroit lions like you got to start the top of the list with deandre swizzle deandre swift unfortunately but as most people have said you kind of knew it was coming at some point early in the second quarter basically he took a run off to the right got tackled hard Looked like he was absolutely just paralyzed on the ground. He did not move. He knew. I basically just texted a few buddies right after. Shoulder. He's done. And I thought it could be season ending the way this guy was just laying there. And, you know, it just did not look good. So, word is, you know, he he probably won't be available for this Vikings game. You know, there was a point where they shot him, you know, after he had been taken out of the game, was wearing a T-shirt. Frank Ragnow came over, talked to him. It was hard to tell. It looked kind of like Swift was like, hey, man, I'm not really that hurt. I don't know why I'm been ruled out. Or maybe he was just telling him, you know, it's going to be cool or whatever. But he didn't look in that rough a shape after that. No sling, no apparatus on his shoulder, didn't look ultra, you know, in discomfort. Dan Campbell said he's sore and this and that and... You know, to me, this is just one of those where it's like, hey, you know, we want to make sure he doesn't end with a season-ending shoulder and then he's hampered in the offseason, this, that. But if there's any chance of this guy playing, I mean, you have to get him back out there, whether it be the, the week after or the last couple games, whatever it is. I don't want to see this guy shelved just because you're trying to be extra careful and he's your best player and we don't want to rush it. You need W's. You need good football because this fan base and people are getting very thin on everything that's going on here. So I hope Swift is better. He's obviously played really good most of this year. I've called him recently by far the best player on the Detroit Lions. It's not even close. And it's just disconcerting to see that guy go out and be injured. It really is. I... You know, people call him injury prone or he can't be a feature back, this, that, and the other. Like, he was doing a lot of good things. He had taken 33-some carries against Pittsburgh. He put up a great game against Cleveland. He made a few good plays in the early in this Bears game. So, I'm really hoping he comes back. Now, the Kool-Aid side of things is that, you know, you hear everybody say kind of, oh, you devalue running backs, this, that, and the other. I mean, Swift is a guy that I think can really be a dynamic player in the 2021 and moving forward National Football League. I think he can catch. I think he showed power. He's found the ability to get the end zone. So, 
you know, we still with multiple years on his rookie deal. I feel like this is a guy that you will build around. You will feature in this offense. Hopefully he can, you know, continue to get better and be a guy like an Alvin Kamara or some of these other players. I really do see him as a dynamic piece to this offense once they start adding wide receivers, you know, other skill type players and a top level quarterback. Drink it in, man. So, so we got Swift hurt. I mean, hopefully he's good. Hopefully it's a week or two and then he's back at it, especially because my fantasy teams. I think I got him on about every team and I bought low on him and he was balling out and I can't be losing him right here before the playoffs. So that's another reason I need him back. But definitely need Swift back as soon as possible. The other news and note I had was uh, Ify, Ify Melifanwu. Um, you know, been hurt since the Packer game. He went out with some type of quad injury, whatever it is. Dan Campbell was like, ah, it's going to be a while. I mean, I guess so. We're here in week 12, heading into week 13, and we haven't seen this guy. He was activated finally. You know, we love to see him back. I mean, very small glimpses of what he could do seem to be good. But the thing that I always say kind of is that people, you just got to be careful with like you see these very small glimpses of a player and then we're just like penciling him in as the number one or two corner or, oh he's gonna do this he's gonna do that like we still don't know what this guy has like I'm hopeful obviously I mean they took him a late in the third round with that Rams pick that we got as part of the golf deal um and Stafford trade that you know I like the player he's got length he's got ability he seems like a good kid hard worker showed some things his first couple games but you got to come out and play corner like consistently for a, a good amount of time before I know what this guy has. Hopefully he can create some turnovers, get his hands on the football, things like that. And they asked Dan Campbell, hey, if he's coming back, like what are you doing with uh, Jerry Jacobs? Now, first of all, before I get into that, like let, let's just fix this right now. We fixed a lot of people's names, a lot of Twitter, a lot of handles here, a lot of nicknames here on the show. Jerry Jacobs, I've been on Twitter saying this guy has a really bright future. I love this guy. I think he can play. I think he's confident. I think he's fun. He's a good hard worker. He's got everything you look for. And he's been very consistent in his time out there uh, making plays on the football, locking up number one corners. And this is an undrafted kid. So that's first and foremost. Second of all, yeah, Jerry Jacobs is a cool name. Double J, JJ, whatever you want to call him. But like when I look at Jerry Jacobs and when I just think of how great he's playing and when I yell at the TV most times on Sundays, it usually sounds something like this. Let's go, Jerry. Let's go, Jerry. <laughs> so to me, it's Jerry Jacobs. J-U-U-U-U-R-R-R-R-Y-Y-Y. Jerry Jacobs. Jerry is out there doing work. Jerry is a ball player. Jerry Jacobs <laughs> is going to be in a Lions uniform for a long time. Right now... I got Jury as the number two corner heading into next season with him and Mr. Okuda outside. Now, I do love, don't get me wrong, we've made him a part of the show, gave him a little uh, sound drop. I do love what AO is doing. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Now, this guy, he continues to turn the football over. The, I beat him up a little bit on the show this season saying, ah, he doesn't look like he wants to tackle. Sometimes he looks awful. Sometimes he looks great. I mean, most of the time when he's getting his hands on the football and right now with our corner situation, AO is definitely oh, baby. Oh, 
baby. So I'm not writing him off at all, but I'm telling you, Jury can lock up. He can be a guy on the outside. I don't know that AO, he can't really play slot, so you got to figure that out. But like I said, Mr. Okuda might have to come back and prove himself because Jury is here to stay. I'm here to tell you, he can play ball. I like this kid a lot. So we got that going. So Dan Campbell agreed. He thought that Jerry a.k.a. Jury <laughs> Jacobs, he's going to stay out there. He's going to keep doing what he's got to do, making plays. So I was happy to hear that because as much as I want to see Iffy and everybody wants to see the young cats and the rookies, and I love rookies, I love draft picks, all that, I mean, you, you, you can't bump my man, Jury Jacobs, out of the lineup. He's out there balling. He's out there talking. He's out there working his tail off. You keep him in there, and you mix in Iffy in the slot backing up, coming in in packages, whatever you got to do. So that's kind of the news and notes. The Swift injury, if he coming back, that's the main things we got going on right now with the team. So let's go ahead and do this. I'm going to make this a little bit shorter show today. Again, you're going to hear some rants. You're going to hear some yelling. you see some frustration from me coming up after the break. But let's go get our great sponsors in here. We come back. I'm just going to do a double dip. I'm going to do the game review, some things I saw and noticed, and we're going to talk draft right after this here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Everybody, we'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for the Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, everybody. This goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You can put franchise tags on guys. Uh, It's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, Kool-Aid drinkers are back from the break. Thanks so much for the sponsors. Please go give me a follow on Twitter. Please uh, hit the uh, subscribe, the like, whatever it is here on the show so you get the show every Wednesday and Friday talking Detroit Lions. We know it's been a tough season. We know they don't have any Ws, but 
you know, hopefully they're going to finish strong here as well as then it's go time. Then it's retool this roster, get some players, both free agency, draft, whatever it is, and come into 2022 ready to go, ready to win with a much better product on the field. That's what we're looking for. And that's the Detroit Kool-Aid. That's the cornbread. That's the optimism that you come to the show for. Drink it in. And I would love to give that to you every week. I'd love this team to have five, six, seven wins. And let's be talking about, you know, where they might finish and What's going on? Good. But yes, I've come on the show and I've had to be negative at times. I've had to be frustrated. I've had to like shake my head. I've had to be non-Kool-Aid drinking because it's been very tough to see some of the things that have went on during the season. And this week is no different because I sat there with my turkey, with my stuffing, with my scallop potatoes, with my crescent rolls, with my corn, with my cheese broccoli mix. And I was ready to go. I had an ultimate spread. The game was on. I didn't have any of my annoying uncles telling me how bad the Lions were or my aunt trying to talk my ear off about where I work and what I do and who I'm dating these days. None of that. I didn't have any of the family distractions. I got my food that I made. I've got football and I'm ready to watch the Lions beat the piss out of the Chicago Bears. That's what I was ready for. And sure enough, the Detroit Lions come right out and Jared Goff, you know, they come right down the football field. He slings a, a, a double move go ball to guess who? Josh Reynolds, the new acquisition, the guy that he had been with for four years with the Los Angeles Rams for a 39 yard touchdown. Now, that couldn't have started any better. You got the you got the faithful there there at Ford Field. You put up an early touchdown, an actual pass over 1.6 yards down the football field. This totaled 39-plus yards to Mr. Reynolds. And, you know, this is my thing with Jared Goff. This was a seven-play, 69-yard drive, you know, only three minutes on the clock. Puts the lines up seven-zip. But the thing that keeps bugging me about Jared Goff is just the way he throws. You watch Stafford, you watch Mahomes, you watch these top level, even watch the mid quarterbacks. The ball jumps off their hand. They can throw from all these platforms. They sit back there, and if they're not rushed, they zing it all around the football field. Jared Goff, I've been quoted on this show for the last few weeks saying, he can't throw. (laughs) And I don't know why, because as a quarterback, your number one thing on your resume should be, I can throw the football. And there's something weird about this guy, because... It doesn't matter if he's rushed, not rushed, set, not set. The ball comes out wobbly. It's got no juice. It looks ugly. That's my biggest issue right now with Jared Goff. Now, we have lots of issues with number 16. He hasn't played well. He hasn't lived up to any type of expectations that we had. He's not the guy moving forward. All this has been established over the first, you know, I'd say eight plus games. Everybody knew this ain't it, but... You got to be able to throw the ball better, man. You go back and watch this on replay. Yeah, it got there, but it looked like a wounded duck again in the air. But it was beautiful to see seven points go up. There is no doubt. I'll give you that Kool Aid to end it. And you thought the Lions would be out rolling at this point. I mean, they get that score. They hold the Bears scoreless in the first quarter, but then we get into the second quarter. You know, we give up a deep drive, 10 plays, 74 yards, you know, four or five minutes off the clock, and the, we, but we hold the Bears to a field goal. But then the Lions can't do anything offensively. They give the ball back, and then, you know, mid 
towards the end of the second quarter. You give up a touchdown to Jimmy Graham. I mean, this guy continues to kill the Lions. He's not good at football. It's not hard to catch a touchdown when your name's Jimmy Graham coming from Andy Dalton when you're uncovered. Another, oh, I thought you had him. Oh, I thought I had him. I thought you were going to have him. Why didn't anyone have him? The guy's wide open. It's a touchdown. Now it's 10 to 7 Bears. Sure enough, the Lions clunk it up again towards the end of the second half. They give the ball up late, and and Santos, the kicker for the Bears, drains a 43-yard field goal with no time left to put them up 13-7 heading into halftime. Now, I thought that last field goal was a real you know, kick in the you-know-what because you win 10-7, I mean... He, you got a chance there. You feel better. You, you give up another six. You know, now you're down almost a score. It's just a big difference, in my opinion. It didn't need to happen. You go back and watch it. Like, they could have prevented it. They could have got off the field. They could have made a couple plays. They didn't do so. And those are the things that continue to kill the Lions. And they just got to get it fixed. Now, the Bears didn't come right out and score right after the uh, half or anything like it's been known to happen. It's an ugly football game through the almost the whole third quarter, but with about one minute, 45 seconds left, Jared Goff dials up another wobbly duck, but this time it's a kind of a corner run to the pylon type route to T.J. Hawkinson (laughs) for a, a great catch for a touchdown, gets his puppies in right towards the front of the pylon there. Really nice play. Jared Goff read this really well. T.J. Hawkinson um, ran a really nice route, got open, and, and got the football and scored the touchdown. This one was from 17 yards out. Again, for Jared Goff, 17 yards, that's like a 60-yard bomb. You know what I'm saying? Like, But this put the Lions up 14-13 with barely no time left in the third quarter. So you're like, all right, we got the lead. Let's go get a stop. Let's go get points and do some things. Now, I jumped over, I kind of buried the lead because throughout all these quarters, you know what was happening? Flag, 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 flag. Flags all over the field. For what? For holding, offsides on Mr. Hawkinson, all types of garbage from the Detroit Lions when it comes to what, how you're trying to win football games. But refs, I, I'm not going to do a whole ref rant. I've done it here on the show. It's, it's, it's easy work. But they're ruining the National Football League, these refs. They're throwing every flag. This isn't basketball. You can actually touch people in football as well as you could call holding on every play. And they did. They basically did call holding every play. It's an embarrassment. It ruins the games. And I don't care if you go back and watch a few replays. Okay, yeah, that was holding. That was holding. There's probably three or four guys holding on every snap. You don't call it unless it's egregious. You don't call it unless a guy's coming free and the guy rips him down and he prevents a sack or some type of big type of play. Then you throw the flag. These guys are just throwing flags, trying to show how smart they are, trying to over-officiate the game. Oh, that's what the rule book says. You don't officiate directly by the rule book on every snap. You use judgment. You let things go. 
You stay out of the way is what you're supposed to do as a referee, not be the centerpiece of the game because you want to prove why they pay you as a part-time employee for the National Football League. And these guys are part-timers at best, man. It's ridiculous every time I watch a Lions game. So that's first and foremost. All these flags, and then, you know, you knew towards the end, after the game, you're going to hear, oh, we just got to play better, we got to clean it up, we got to know if they're going to call it, that we don't do it. All that stuff after doesn't help, because obviously you didn't clean anything up or change anything or do anything better, because you probably had eight-plus holding calls in this game. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it was embarrassing, that's for sure. Now, like... You want to talk about some more things that were embarrassing. Like, it's just towards the end of this game. Let me let me get to the end of this game, and I'll tell you some things that were just absolutely embarrassing across the board. So, towards the end of this game, again, imagine this. A fourth quarter, no points by either team. Just a whole bunch of nothing on Thanksgiving. Now, I was entertained because the Lions were leading in this game. They had a chance to win this game. I don't care if they win 14-13 and no one scores in the fourth quarter. I just want a W. (laughs) However, I got to get it. But what happens? The whole quarter goes by. Nothing happens. Kick. Lions getting off the field. Creating a few turnovers. Making a few plays. Whatever it may be. And then the final drive of the game, all the Lions have to do is get off the field. They let the Bears go 18 plays, 69 yards, over 8 minutes and 30 seconds, and nickel and dime the ball all the way down the football field. And then is when it got absolutely embarrassing. And when I say embarrassing... You know, when I talk about, like, just being embarrassed by the way they end this football game, I know some of you out there, like, you know, you've, you've been overly frustrated at the Lions. You just laugh when this kind of stuff happens. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. That's the Lions. I mean, that's what the Lions always do, right? That, that's what all you guys say out there that are not Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. Well, it's not funny, okay? It's not funny at all because it's embarrassing to lose in these ways. I mean, you got to be saying this at this point. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot coach with them. Can't do it. I don't know if the coaches are saying that or if the players are real frustrated with these coaches. But sure enough, towards the end of this football game, they can't get off the field. You get down, you know, towards the end. You got Andy Dalton at quarterback, by the way, for the Chicago Bears. All you need is a stop to hold him to a field goal, give yourself a chance to come back down, win the game with a field goal. You know, second down, whatever it is, and they come out, and you've just taken a timeout. And your players start, like, going crazy, like, making all these motions, doing all this stuff. And, like, you have... Aaron Glenn call a timeout for back-to-back timeouts to give you a five-yard penalty? Are you kidding me? The kids are playing their tail off, and the coaches are screwing it up. I mean, it's garbage. It's garbage. It's garbage. It's garbage. Absolute garbage. I mean, these coaches, you've got to be better. You can't kill your team like this at the end. You can't be all discombobulated. Oh, we practice it all the time, but they don't still don't get it. For whatever reason. I'm a good coach. You think you are? We we think Dan Campbell is a good coach. But I'm starting to wonder. Aaron Glenn. I'm a good coach. 
You think you are. You sound good. But what is this at the end of the games where we can't get this figured out? I mean, it's ridiculous. You can tell me this all day. You think I coach that stuff? I don't coach that stuff. Obviously, you don't coach how to win at the end of the game because we can't do that to save our life. So double timeouts, I've never seen that happen ever. I didn't know it was a rule. A five-yard penalty. Okay, so it's third and five. Now you have to get up off. You have to get off the field to save your bacon and give yourself a chance. They come out on this snap, third and five, mind you, from inside the 10. A first down ends it because now you got no timeouts. And you got corners playing 10 yards off the football. The kids are playing their tail off and the coaches are screwing it up. I think the players might have screwed that one up unless they were told to play 10 yards off a lackadaisical when you need to stop this team. I'm a good coach. That's horrible coaching. That's garbage, if you ask me. It's garbage. It's garbage. So, I, I, I don't know. Dan Campbell could say this all day long. You think I coach that stuff? I don't coach that stuff. You can say that. You can say we should know. We got to do better. This was embarrassing. This was horrible. For you to lose a game like this, look so out of control, look so out of whack, not know what's going on, have Dan Campbell after the game say, oh, well, you want to give us up a touchdown? Yes, because then you would at least have an offensive opportunity to win the game. Instead, with the double timeout, penalties, all that, you basically gave them a first down. Then they sat on the football, and they kicked a... 28-yard field goal to beat you. Now, I don't know if your strategy is that you're sitting there going, well, maybe he'll miss it. Not going to miss a 28-yarder. People made 66-yarders on you to beat you this year. He missed a 28-yarder. This was just so bad at the end of the game. It's like we didn't know what to do. We didn't know the calls. Our coaches don't know the rules. They don't know what's going on. They're making it up as they go. And it cost us another football game against a horrible football team in the Chicago Bears. Andy Dalton, that quarterback. Darnell Mooney carving you up for buck 23 in the air. Are you kidding me? This was a travesty to lose this way at the end. Part of me was like, hey, man, we had another chance at it. We could have won and we didn't get blown out. And most of me was like, that's an absolute embarrassment. The Lions found another way to lose. They clunked it up at the end. This team can't win. They just find ways to lose. It's getting more and more frustrating with every L, no doubt about it. So I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say other than that. So... Another loss, 16-14 to the Bears at the buzzer in dramatically embarrassing fashion on Thanksgiving with the whole world watching. It's it's not a good look, not at all. All right, let's finish out the show strong and let's talk some NFL draft. And there's only one way that we start talking draft here on the show. We got to hit the music. Oh yes, there it is, the most glorious music in all of sports. Let me pull that down a little bit and let's talk some NFL Draft, Detroit Lions here on the show. So so here's what I want to do, a little bit of rapid fire. Now, let's get right into it. Everybody's been talking about Thibodeau at the top of the draft. He's a beast, look at all these pressures he gets, this, that, and the uh, third, like... People love this guy. Unfortunately, everyone's boo-hooing about there's not a franchise quarterback. There's not this or not that. 
Hey, by the way, we're in November, okay? By the time these guys test, they work out, they interview, I mean, a lot of people come into the top of the draft. It might shake up. But the scuttlebutt, the rumor innuendo, the new hotness is Aiden Hutchinson, number 97 from Michigan. Everyone's saying this guy's climbed maybe all the way up to the top pick in the draft. He wrecked shop all season, especially on Saturday. Would you take Aiden Hutchinson above Thibodeau from Oregon? Like, this is where I'm at with it right now. Like, I watched Thibodeau recently. I haven't dove into him a ton. He's kind of that different type of edge, outside backer type player. He's athletic. He does get a ton of pressures. He's got the track record. Does he love football? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he does. Um, But he's an absolute stud at the position. Makes a lot of plays. Plays when he wants to type of guy. But Aiden Hutchinson is 6'5", 265. He's a beast physically. He plays the run. He plays the pass. He can get after people. He's a good overall athlete, even though he's not a very bendy slash gumby type player where you can just dip and get under people or rip around. He will go through you. He has the the pass rush moves to get after the quarterback. I feel like Aiden Hutchinson is in the mix for the top pick. I think if you brought him here to the Lions, you put number 97 on him and let him go to work. He would become a big-time favorite in this town. But I'm definitely not ready to say it for sure yet. There's a lot of testing, a lot of things that have to go on. So right now, I think a lot of people are hyped because of what they just saw. But you got to take the body of work. You have to look at the big picture. I'm still not writing off quarterback by any means. Like, the quarterback may emerge, and that may be the selection you need to make because the Lions have been nickel and diamond with these top picks. Kind of... Like taking, you know, fringe players, tight ends, corners, this, that. Like at some point you're going to have to man up and just take one of these absolute premier positions to get you to this next level that they want to go to. And I don't know if that rush end at the top is going to do it, even though I do value that position a ton. Or if you're just going to say this is the best quarterback in the best class in this class, we need a quarterback and, and go at it that way. But there should be players later that you can find at either position. So we'll see how that shakes out. Now, now this is something. Uh, let me let me go rapid fire on some of these right here now. So, will the Lions be aggressive for a veteran quarterback? I'm talking Russell Wilson. I know him and his wife, he probably don't want to come here. But that'd be very interesting if he came here and faced the franchise for the next six, seven years and you try to win with Russ. I don't see it happening. Deshaun Watson has a lot of legal issues, but Detroit would love him as well based on the way he plays football and the kind of playmaker he can be. I'm not writing this off, that they don't get aggressive and, like, yes, they have Jared Goff, but if they know and they feel, and like we all do as fans, that he's not the guy, maybe they get creative and aggressive and maybe they say, screw it. They find a way to keep him or dump him and then they get another, you know, mid mid-tier vet and, and try to make him the guy rather than taking the new draft pick. Like, I'm much more for drafting the QB, but another thing to consider is that they may, they may get creative and... You know, find somebody that wants Jared Goff and pick up another. I don't know. That's just something to think about. When it comes to the draft, though, everyone's going to be looking at wide receiver. Oh, man, we need wide receiver. We got no wide receivers. We better just take one in the first second, first second round. Like, there's going to be a ton of good wide receivers. My thing to the people, the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers out there, is just 
just let the thing play out. Like, I agree with you now. Yeah, yes, we do need wide receivers before I was kind of like, oh, Tyrell and St. Brown, Zivas, and maybe we can get by. No, we can't get by. We do need a stud or two or three. But I just think you got to play the board and you have to be smart of when you take these guys. Like, it doesn't make sense to take a guy at pick 20 at wide receiver if you know for the next two, three rounds that there's receivers throughout. I think it's another great receiver class. So I'd be much more of I'm waiting and playing the board. And when a guy is sitting there that I like and that seems to be a good value now and that I'm in the third, second, even fourth round, hey, now I'll take you. But I don't know that I'm using a premier asset unless he's an absolute beast that's at the top of my draft board in rounds one or two. I mean, we will see what they do. I would be not be surprised if in rounds two, three, they take one, if not two wide receivers for this current team. And what are the other impact positions we need to target? I mean, for me, you're just looking at this roster, like people tell me, oh, we got a lot of good edge rushers. I don't know. Maybe you could pass on uh, Thibodeau. No, like... You know, you can never have enough pass rushers. You can never have enough corners. So I'm always looking at those spots to be able to play ball. You know, wide receiver is an impact position in the National Football League now. So I'm going to look at that hot and heavy in the first three, four rounds. Um, you know, a, an impact linebacker. I haven't really enjoyed what I've seen recently from Derek Barnes. He's not playing a lot. I'm not writing the guy off. I still think he's a beast, a smart guy, could be a captain type player. But if I could find another tackling machine freak linebacker, like what the kid out of Utah, Lloyd, um, you know, I consider that. I consider some of these other guys that are just tackling machines and can run sideline to sideline. Like that would be on my list as well. And a dynamic safety. Like don't come and tell me, oh, we're going to get by with Tracy and this, that. Like if I can get a safety that can run, tackle, turn the football over and also, as Benny Blades used to say, take your head off. I'm going and taking that. That's a very versatile, important position, in my opinion. The Lions are very lackluster at safety, as much as people want to love on Tracy Walker here recently. So those are some of the spots I'm thinking about. We could talk draft all day. I might talk about it more on the Friday show. But let me go ahead and take my music down here. That's a little rapid-fire draft talk with the music in the background. And like I said... I want to come on here and give you Detroit Kool-Aid and all this positivity. And like, that's what I built the show on. I beat people up that would come on here and boo-hoo and oh, poor us and SOL and this and that. Like, I don't want to do that, but I am just super frustrated with the losses piling up. The same old rhetoric, not having the talent that we should have. We are a National Football League team. We're not some, you know you know, JUCO school, like, don't tell me all, you know, we're, we're in the process of this, that, and you know, um, people tell me on Twitter, Oh, just wait four years and then we'll be good. Like there's a salary cap. There's a way to obtain talent. It should have been better. Yes. We've had a rash injuries. Tell me you haven't heard that one before, but it'd be nice to get some ball players on this team from top to bottom that can stay healthy and go out every single Sunday and make plays and win more games than you lose. That's what we're looking for right now. No one's calling for Super Bowls right now. But we're saying, give us a lot better than what you're giving us right now. Because 0-10-1 is absolutely unacceptable. It's embarrassing. It's just absolutely egregious, in my opinion. They should be much better than they've been. But let, let, let's end it with this. Let's end it with a team that has given us that. That has been much better. That has done what the people want and given us. A memory for all of us 
to remember, and that's the Michigan Wolverines. Because on Saturday, they took out the worst state ever. They laid the wood to the team that we shall not speak of. They beat down those guys from Ohio. (laughs) And it was absolutely incredible to watch. I know Lendale White agrees with me. Hey, listen, Ohio State sucks. <laughs> exactly, Lindale, because the Michigan Wolverines, they, they, this team played so good. I mean, they're smash mouth. They're scoring on every possession. Dwayne, uh, Hassan Haskins, five Tugs throughout the game, scoring everybody. There was snow falling. They, yeah, okay, yeah, the little finesse team and and scarlet and gray. They're trying to wing it around like it's arena football, and Michigan is just punching them in the mouth consistently over and over throughout the game. I mean, it couldn't have been better. Just the whole game, the way they stood up to every challenge, the way they just won this going away, the way that they snatched the number two ranking from them. They took, um, gave them an opportunity to head to Indianapolis, which I will also be heading to Indianapolis for the Big Ten championship game between the Michigan Wolverines and the Iowa Hawkeyes. I can't wait. It's going to be incredible. It was one of, this was one of those wins that we've just been talking about. This is what I keep talking about on the show for the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. When the Lions get it together and when they win, it's going to be like this moment was where everyone wanted this so badly and then it came and then we saw it and then that field piled up with like 50,000 Michigan fans on the field, just flooding the field, the players out there loving it. I mean, it was absolutely incredible, and that's what it's going to be like when the Lions win big, is all the diehards, all the people that will want it so bad, hanging in there, are going to finally get what they want. And on Saturday, to end the game, we got this that we finally and have wanted and have anticipated for so long. Ladies and gentlemen... Wolverine Nation, the long drought is over. Ohio State is vanquished. The Wolverines are going to win this one. 42-27 is the score, and the Wolverines are going to go to Indianapolis with a chance to win a Big Ten title. Damn right. It was incredible. Ohio State is vanquished. Ohio State is vanquished. Exactly. They have been vanquished. Ohio And when I catch you Friday right here on the Kool-Aid cast, we will see if we can figure out a way to vanquish the Minnesota Vikings in Ford Field. But until then, everybody, drink that Detroit Kool-Aid if you're a Wolverine. Soak it up because we know that this is true. Ohio State is vanquished. (laughs) And I'll catch you Friday right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. Let's go blue. I'm out. Pack the bag, stop the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.